So I invested a lot in coaches to just really increase my skills all around, you know, as a person and as a business owner. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, welcome to this episode of Stories That Sell. Today, I have Ashley Shepard with me. She is the fit CPA. She's a CPA turned entrepreneur. She helps health and fitness entrepreneurs with their taxes. And let me tell you guys, I've been on her email list for a bit. It is worth its weight in gold. And I'm not, I, I've, I've told Ashley this already. This is why I like reached out to her. I said, you've got to be on the podcast because the stuff that you share is so incredibly um, useful. And especially during the pandemic, just the stuff that was coming was even for me in my business was super helpful. Um, and so welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I, uh, as I said, I, I, and I've told you multiple times, I've been watching the content that you guys put out, uh, or you the emails I'm on your email and I like being on your email and I typically unsubscribe from everything that I get subscribed to, <laughs> but I'm like, every time I'm like, well, there's something here that either inspires me to think a little differently about how I'm doing something, or I actually need to be thinking about that, or here's a tactic. And then you put out a bunch of stuff during COVID about, you know, like you were at the forefront of like, Hey, here's a strategy you need to be doing. Here's something you need to be doing. So I felt like the value is just incredible. We got to get you in front of um, fitness, fitness and health professionals, which there's a lot who listen to this podcast. So, yeah, I appreciate you not unsubscribing. <laughs> Quite the honor. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the thing. We all get in these email lists, and and you weigh out whether it's worth staying or not. And and that's mm-hmm. a, that's a hard that's a hard win these days, I think for anybody with the, the amount that we get on. So sure. I, I would definitely want to start with kind of the story of how you just kind of being a certified public accountant go from, you know, probably I'm guessing working with all sorts of clients to really niching down to the health and fitness world. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll walk through that right now. Um, so I actually worked at a firm, um, it was my first accounting firm job. It was here in Arizona. And it was like a full service accounting firm. And by that, it means like we do pretty much everything for business owners, payroll, bookkeeping, you know, tax returns, sales tax, like pretty much everything you can think of. Um, And working there, I learned so much. But the one thing that I just couldn't figure out is how can I actually help this person, you know, pay less tax and save them? Like I'm delivering their return and they're getting this huge tax bill and they're like, hey, like. I wasn't expecting $50,000. What can I do to, to reduce that? And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I had no idea. They didn't really train us on, you know, here's some things that we can do that we weren't proactively planning. We weren't having those discussions with clients. It was just, it wasn't there. Of course, the owner knew some things, but 
that wasn't passed down to us. And, you know, we we're at the forefront of, you know, the, the clients. Um, so it kind of was frustrating because, you know, it was always my fault and I, I had to figure it out. And so I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do my own thing. And I got to figure out how to learn the tax code, which so I know it sounds really like sexy guys. I know it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be jealous. Um, so I started learning, um, more strategies. I like paid in, to get in groups and, you know, read books and listen to whatever, whatever I could to learn. Um, and I really started to think like, okay, if I really start this firm, like, who do I really want to work with? And I was trying to think like, who do I, who do I like, what do I like? What am I interested in? And I'm like, I'm actually interested in fitness. And that actually goes back to like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, with my dad, he has had a lot of like heart troubles and just health issues that have just kind of impacted his quality of life. And I've had to see that since I was like 16 years old. And that really has focused me to, you know, live a healthier life, like be active, folk, like think about what I'm eating, you know, eat better, um, just really take health seriously because like, if you don't, what do you have, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just really went through my own personal, like health and fitness journey, um, where I just totally changed my life and I'm in a way better place than I was. Um, and that led me to being like super, like kind of addicted to fitness <laughs> for a little while. I was like pretty into it. And it was like, probably all I would talk about for a little bit. And then I'm like, well, it just kind of makes sense. Like I love fitness. I don't want to be a personal trainer because I'm not good at science. So I'm just going to, I'm going to focus on them because I've hired so many trainers and online coaches in my time to help me. And so I feel like if I can help them with something, I know, I feel like that's a win-win. So, um, we, you know, I slowly started, uh, the firm money muscle, my company, and eventually left, uh, the, the job. And, um, it's been, uh, a whirlwind of excitement ever since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to be clear, you, you pretty much ditched down to, um, physical therapists, chiropractors, health, uh, you know, health industry, obviously gym owners, yeah. where else am I missing anything here? Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's pretty much, if you, are focused on health in some aspect. It's pretty much you. Um, but we have a lot of online fitness trainers, health coaches, nutritionists, chiropractors, um, naturopathic doctors, like, you know, some health products companies, Hmm. um, we, we work with them as well. So it really is just, if it's focused on health or fitness or wellness, that's pretty much what we do. Now, I know there's a benefit to, to focus in on that for you, for marketing, for your message. Is there a benefit? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Is there a benefit for someone in the health industry having someone who is specific to that industry itself? Yeah, it's funny you ask that because like at, from a technical perspective, it's there. It's like the tax code is amongst all companies. It's just what things fit. So I would generally say no to that. However, I've heard from people, uh, clients, prospects, it's like, wow, you know, my account, they don't even understand what I do. And they're like an online fitness trainer. They don't even uh, like comprehend how they're making this amount of money online, but they're not training the person physically. (laughs) So I think there is some intangible uh, knowledge there that I think really makes a difference for the people that work with us. I feel like they, they see that. 
Yeah, I think like when um, going back to COVID, just because that was when I was really paying attention, I think your messaging made me feel like you understood that not everybody's like a 50 plus employee business. And I think having that experience. So I would say absolutely. Yes. Because of the, just the experience and not just for, you know, a super small businesses or big businesses, you're kind of more in that small to medium. It sounds like Yeah, I felt spoken to instead of spoken at, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, like, Oh, she's actually sending information that's relevant to me and I have zero employees. So like it may, it, yeah. it really worked. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. So you've been doing in the health and fitness um, sector specifically for how long? Uh, it's been about four years now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what are some of your favorite parts of working in this sector? I mean, I know you love fitness and you're passionate about it, but um, I'm sure you've learned some things that have kind of, you're like, Oh, I'm glad I'm doing this. Yeah. Honestly, the, the type of person that's in the health and fitness position, like growing a health business, I just feel like I align with them a little bit more. Like we both obviously care about, you know, health. (laughs) So I just feel like other values, um, how we show up as a person, I feel like I can just, there's just a lot of similarities in character and, and things like that, that makes it really easy to work with people. Um, and it's exciting to see like what people are doing in the, in the fitness industry. You know, I am interested in it, but I'm more on the, I would say the consumer side than, you know, the, the working side. Um, and so it's really cool to see like, you know, the, the change from like during COVID, the change from physical gyms to online and like how they've completely catapulted their, their business. It's just super exciting. Um, yeah. And I think the feedback from the clients, um, I think, you know, as a, you know, a trainer, like your taxes aren't your cup of tea, you know? So I feel like I really provide some value to them and I feel like it's appreciated. So it makes it definitely worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to get really tactical in here or maybe not tactical, but I want to, um, really kind of dig into some of your knowledge because, you know, I'm a business owner and I get incredibly frustrated every year. I get incredibly, I'm incredibly frustrated right now. I'll be honest. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I get my tax returns back. I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem right. Lo and behold, it's not, you know, I think we all deal with these things over and over and over again. And, um, yeah, so I'd love to hear, and I wish I could direct you a little more, but what is probably the biggest misconception that people uh, have or need help with when it comes to taxes? <laughs> um, I would say that the biggest thing is we got to stop waiting until January to start talking about your taxes, which I know you guys probably don't want to hear because who wants to talk about taxes all year long? However, if we can start talking about it now, it's June, 2022. We have like six more months, seven more months of um, time to figure out, okay, what's your tax bill look like? What are some things you can start doing now? So by the time December 31st hits, you've already implemented these strategies that can help you lower your bill. You're gonna go into tax season knowing, I know how much I'm gonna owe, because I've worked with my accountant all year long <laughs> and it just helps eliminate your stress and frustration and the, the lack of, well, the, like the wondering, 
you know, the mystery of, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to owe. It's like, I, I remember not being an accountant doing taxes and I, it stressed me out. It was a lot. Um, so I think just being more proactive and working with an accountant who um, can really actually help you save money, who focuses on that first and then does all the stuff that needs to be done second. I'm always surprised at how many people are talking about those last minute tax things they're doing. Oh, I'm going to get a new truck and wrap it so that I can get a write off or, you know, or yeah. and all these things. And I'm like, why are you waiting until December, which is typically the thing. It, mm -hmm. I find it also interesting that most people that you you're kind of implying that most people don't want to talk about or strategize by it. I am stressed that my accountant doesn't want us to talk about it. Like I would like to have a oh, yeah. call. Like, what should I be doing? What are my right. things? So how did you get from, or how do you, how do you bridge that gap with customers? Are you, are you proactive about communication? Do you guys have a system in place? Because I know for me, if I had somebody who was saying, Hey, you know, even if it's every 45 days or whatever, let's talk, let's see what's going on. Let's, let's project, let's see what your quarterlies are going to, what we can put into quarterlies to reduce um, all those things. So, you know, what, what's the strategy that works for you guys? Yeah. First, I want to reply to your comment about the, the accountant. And I totally agree with you that most, not most, but many accountants are not uh, offering that service. So part of it is the accountant, a uh, big part of it. And what I've kind of done to combat that is how I structure our services. So everyone that signs on with us, they, they get um, a tax plan, they get quarterly check-ins and estimates. Like we, we actually look at your actual business activity to see like, okay, what's your profit as of today? Okay. So that's the end of June, your profits, 50,000. Like, what are we, let's see what your tax bill is going to look like right now. So then we can uh, at least let you know, okay, Hey, your tax bill is $10,000. So let's talk about what can you do to reduce it? You know, like what are, you know, is there anything um, that can be done or implemented for the rest of the year to help lower that bill. Um, it's also a great opportunity to check, make sure your business is structured correctly. Like there's so many things. Um, that was my big one. It wasn't structured yeah. the way that the accountant thought yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Time. That's a uh, very, that's like the most common thing. Um, but really it's how the accountants have to take it into our own hands ultimately and say, Hey, this is how we're working with people. It's a proactive, uh, you know, service. Mm -hmm. And yes, we do all the stuff that has to be done, all the compliance work, but we also are going to kind of meet throughout the year, whether quarterly or monthly, depending on how you want to do it. Um, and just help you kind of start thinking about it more. Cause once we can start doing that consistently, um, the end result is much better and you'll be way less stressed. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think it is that, um, there isn't this proactive, is it not taught in the count schools or it's not what's really interesting? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to bridge a gap here because I've had really, you're in a field where I've had really bad experience, lost a lot uh -huh. of money, been uh, this year, taxes done wrong, having oh, yeah. to redo everything. So, I mean, is this just experience you've gone through and seeing that there was a gap or? I think it's a lot of things. I do want to mention, they definitely do not teach tax strategy in, uh, in college right. and not at all. It really has to come from the person seeking out the information. The tax code is so complex. Like even if you try to get, um, uh, an enrolled agent license, um, which is from the IRS. So you can actually do returns and, and stuff like that. 
um, they don't teach you, oh, this is how you save money. You have to actually go out and, and you know, go hunting for the information yourself. Um, so a lot of accountants, they, they don't do that. But I think also in our society, tax planning is what we call it, but that hasn't been a thing for like, since maybe like five years ago, I would say, like it hasn't really been talked about. Now it's becoming, oh, people are saying, oh, I need tax planning because they've learned the term. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like when a new marketing term comes out and you're like, oh, I don't know what that means, but then you learn it and you're like, everyone's saying it now. You know, it's like tax planning and it hasn't always been at the forefront of people's minds, but now it's like a thing. Um, and you'll see a lot more accountants transitioning or offering that service um, as time goes on. And the people who don't eventually will probably not have the long list of clients. <laughs> right. Well, I think there's yeah. a, there's, I, it seems to me like there's an old school way of doing things and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, you know, these players that have been, that I've had experience have been in it for a long time. It's just like, I mean, I'll send emails. Hey, what's going on? Crickets. Hey, I would uh -huh. love to know where we're at this year. Crickets. And I'm guessing they just don't know. They're not looking, they're waiting till last minute to do everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know a what lot about, I could say a lot about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to be like rude, but I, I do think a lot of people are being disserviced. I, I, I truly believe that a lot of people are being disserviced. And here's something I want to challenge you with, because I want to know your answer, because I think you are probably going to uh, have a great answer for this. I have a buddy who said like, you never hire a CPA. And he said, you never hire a CPA because and I, I don't remember quite what his saying is and whether it's right or wrong, but basically you're, you're taught to adhere to this code. You're not taught for strategy and you really need to have somebody who's taught for strategy to get you the most money back. So what would you say to that? Yeah, I think what he's referring to is that whoever you work with professionally should have provide you an ROI. So like what you pay them doesn't matter because they've saved you four to 10 times more. I gotcha. So I think he was saying like the governing body or the, the person who stamps the CPA on your certificate is the government. So what interest do you have in, in actually helping? But the truth is the government has these rules in place. You just have to know them. Is that kind of how you see the whole thing? Yeah. So we're governed by like a licensing board. Um, and I totally get like the whole, the government thing, but we actually don't, uh, we don't work for the IRS. Like we don't work to appease them. We work to, at least me personally, um, we're not like hired by the IRS or anything like that. So our goal, um, or intention is really to help the taxpayer, deal with the tax laws and compliance rules and everything like that. We're not out to help the IRS make money uh, or keep people's money. Um, it's actually to help the person legally keep as much as they can. That's awesome. Okay. That makes that, that does absolutely clear it out of my head because I'd heard them say him say this multiple times and I was trying to connect like Sometimes it seems like they're just there to stamp, you know, some of them are just there to stamp the paper, do the work, yeah. the paper, collect the check. Uh, I think it would boil down to the person itself, not necessarily what license letters they gotcha. have at the end of their name. Cause there's sense. a lot of tax preparers out there that don't care to save you money and doesn't matter what, what professional title they have, you know? Yeah. 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 No, 
I agree. <laughs> I agree. We don't want to blanket. I just, I, I, you know, I'd heard it enough. I'm like, okay, this is something people are saying. So let's talk about it. So what are some other strategies? I mean, I'd just love for you to just kind of share some things that you feel like everybody should know as a business owner. Yeah, I would say, well, I have a lot of good stuff. So I'll share with just whatever comes to mind. Um, the number one thing you guys have to think about is, you know, how am I structuring my company? Um, I've had a lot of new clients come to me and they're like, I've been a sole proprietor for five years and my profits, you know, a hundred thousand. And it's just, if you're a sole proprietor and your profits 30 K or higher, you are not in the right structure. It's just, you're not. Um, so you really need to be looking at that every year. And if your accountant is refraining from talking with you about it, then you need to find a new accountant because, um, not having the right structure in place at the beginning of the year can really um, hurt your wallet when yeah. you go to file the tax return the next year. Um, that's like one of the biggest things I see people do is not have the correct structure in place. And they they then they look at it when they file the return, their taxable is 40,000. They're like, oh shoot, what do I need to do? And it's like, we needed to do this back in January. <laughs> but you know, it's hard to know what you have to do until you find out you know, so you really need a proactive accountant for that. But that's one thing. Structure is huge. Uh, second thing is really learning what you can write off in your business. Um, a lot of times there are things that you're paying for that maybe you don't know that you can write it off. You know, like if you work from home, you have your home office. If you drive to, you know, whatever, meet your clients or go to your studio or whatever, um, you know, you can write off auto expenses as long as you use your vehicle for business, what, regardless of what you're doing for business. Um, and then obviously there's all other types of operating expenses. One thing I get asked all the time is, you know, I'm in this like business coaching mastermind. Can I write it off? And I'm like, well, why are you in the mastermind? They're like, well, I want to make more money. I'm like, okay. So if you weren't running this business, would you be in this mastermind? They're like, no. And I'm like, okay. So as long as it's helping you make more money, create a better operating business or help your clients in a different way, like learning a new skill. Like maybe you're trying to learn a new, whatever, um, fitness exercise, you know, certification or whatever. Um, then that's all business expense. Um, you're trying to become, you know, more profitable and help more people. Um, Scott, do you have kids? I have two kids. How old are they? Uh, one just turned 18 and the other one's 14. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> so something you can do is actually hire your kids to work in your business. Okay. And, um, the, the perk for the kid is, Hey, they get paid and they learn how to work. <laughs> hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants, helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S forgyms.com and book an appointment to find out more.
Which yeah. is important. Really good perks. My son, my 18 year old is interning with me all year and I'm actually paying him. So, okay. So generally between the ages of seven and up until they hit 18, oh. you want to pay them. Yeah. And, um, there's actually a, a specific way to do it. So, um, the way that we do it, we actually funnel it through like a family office company and by paying the per the kid, um, the, the business pays a fee to the family office and the family office pays the kid actually shifts income from your tax bracket to your kid's tax bracket, which if you pay them less than the standard deduction, which is around 12,000 something your his tax is zero. So like you could shift, let's just say $8,000, you know, it's 12,000. Let's just say you pay him $8,000 a year. You just moved $8,000 of your money to your kid where he's going to pay 0%. And you can use that money to save up for college, to put towards a car. You could um, pay, use it to pay his expenses because kids are expensive. Um, I've heard. Yes, <laughs> so it's really a way to write off those things that normally are not um, deductible for kids. You know, uh, school expenses, sports. You know, their money to go have fun and stuff. Like you can't write that off, but now you can. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, that's worth its weight in gold. I mean, almost, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have kids, not all of them, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I wish I would have known that 10 years ago, 12 years ago when I started doing business, actually. Yeah. You have about three more years with one. So you got to yeah. put her to work there. Yeah. Um, and then if anyone owns their home um, and they obviously have to have a business and own a home, there's a great, uh, strategy where they can actually rent their home to their business for like business meetings or business purposes. Maybe you have the team come over and you guys have a, you know, quarterly meeting or monthly meeting, or maybe you do a photo shoot, or maybe you just have like a normal, um, you and you just you and yourself just doing a working on my business day. It's a meeting with yourself. You're taking notes and stuff. Um, and that income, the business actually pays you to rent the house. So it's rental income to you. It's actually not taxable as long as you do this less than 14 days per year per house that you own. So, um, you know, if you have a home that you own, you can get some income out of your business. It's a deduction. And then you have it personally and you don't have to pay tax on it. And it's like free money. <laughs> yeah. Those, I've never heard that one. I mean, I've heard a lot of, you know, like a percentage based on your office and, and those, yeah. Things. Yeah, that is, yeah. it's in addition to that. So it's a little different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My mind's blown right now. And I'm also <laughs> doing the math of how much money I probably could have saved and had back, yeah. in pocket, which is over, you know, 10 to 15 years of doing business is probably extremely significant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any, uh, do you know anyone who has like rental properties? Oh, a lot of business owners do a lot. Yes. So this is more of a complex thing, but obviously real estate provides a lot of tax benefits if you know what you're doing. Um, and so, you know, let's just say that you have a business and then you go get invested into real estate, you know, rental properties, like you maybe have a tenant living in there. Um, there's several strategies you can uh, use to really make it work for you long-term. Like this is kind of what the wealthy do. Like they'll get the rent, the real estate and they'll have some passive income. Like maybe you branch off part of your main business 
into like a second little business that's maybe a passive, like maybe you sell, um, maybe you have a book you sell or something, and that could be passive because you're literally not doing anything. It's on Amazon, Amazon shipping it, whatever. And that income can offset the real estate losses that would happen because generally when you have real estate, rental real estate, it's going to have a loss because you take depreciation. Mm -hmm. So it's usually going to have a loss, but you can't use that loss against your business income because you're actively involved in the business. So you have to create like a passive income source, which you could get from creating a separate little business that you don't, you're not a part of or branching out part of your, your business. If you sell, like some people sell supplements and maybe they set it up where, um, you know, it's like shipped to them or something They're, They don't deal with any of it. And that will actually allow you to take the losses against, you're just kind of like moving money around. Um, there's a lot of on real estate. We could go into the abyss with that. Um, but if you're thinking about getting into real estate, definitely very, very valuable, um, for taxes and wealth building. Um, so yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I hadn't heard multiple and I'm sure people have heard some of these, but yeah, um, the one that I've had kind of going around in my circle is the, because I think it was on TikTok recently and it's the buying a vehicle or even leasing a vehicle or whatever it is, or making uh -huh. payments on a vehicle that weighs over 6,000 pounds and uh -huh. like how you get your G wagon and have oh, yeah. $1,000 <laughs> in, in tax write-off. Um, yeah. you know, that that yeah, not very right. well. And can we demystify some of it or, or, con or confirm some of it for some of those that are interested? Yeah. Well, here's the thing with um, the vehicles, you can definitely write off the cost of the vehicle, um, but it really comes down to your business use. So if you buy a vehicle where you use it for business and personal use, you can only write off the business use. So, you know, like I'm pretty sure I've seen that TikTok yeah. <laughs> about the G and it, it, and it is accurate. You just have, that's, you know, you have to use it for business. So if you are, you know, you buy whatever car you want, um, and you're literally driving for business and you can show that, you know, you're going to see clients, you have a, a location that you go to or multiple locations, um, and you, maybe you have a, a different car or you use this one slightly for personal um, you can write off uh, a large amount of the vehicle, if not all of it, depending on the situation. Um, and the 6,000 pound thing is basically how much you can write off the first year that kind of dictates the rule. So if you get a 6,000 pound plus vehicle, you can write up, write off up to 100% of the car, as long as your business use percent is hundred percent. Okay. So. Yeah, that's the little piece they leave out, right? That yeah. your business use has to be a hundred percent. Now, what if somebody, I know I have a buddy who wraps his vehicle with his logo and he's, then he's like, anytime I'm driving it, it's business. Cause people are seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that, is that I, real? I think that's like the old, like it's, I feel like that's an old wife's tale mm -hmm. kind of. Um, yes. If you wrap the car, um, you know, you can write off the wrap cause you're putting that on for your business, but really the, the vehicle write-off comes down to what are you using the business for? Right. And like, where are you driving, actually driving the vehicle? Are you driving it to go to the mall and the club and that's it? <laughs> or are you driving it for business reasons, going to an event, going to meet a, a client, going to have a meeting, like whatever. Right. So it really comes down to that. Um, if you want uh, to pass an audit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, and that's the, tr- that's the ticket, right? Is p- being able to pass an audit. It's not that you can't write some of these things off, but you have to assume that you could be audited. I've been audited before. That was stressful. It worked out well, but yeah. Yeah. How, how do you, do you see a lot of audits yourself? No, the IRS is so behind. I don't think they have time for anything right now. <laughs> not to say they won't come back, but I mean, they're in a deep pile of stuff right now. So I, last year, my, my accountant said that the laws were changing, like the tax code and everything was changing at the last minute. He like, just everything was changing so rapidly. It was incredibly hard to keep up with. Is that a, a, a repercussion of new administration or COVID or all of oh the above? God. I don't want to go into administrative, like, you know, but, but I'm just trying to understand like why, or it, it, does that stuff happen often? Well, that was primarily because of COVID, you know, they had all this, all these new laws and rules for, um, you know, CARES Act and all the PPP and the SBA loans, and they kept changing the rules. And it was like, uh, it probably changed like five times. Wow. Um, It was the most intense (laughs) moment ever uh, for accountants, for sure. There's a lot of law changes and it was always last minute or sometimes Hey, it's going back. We're going backwards. And it's, you know, it's just uh, a lot. It was a lot. So that's definitely accurate. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was wondering if this was isolated or something that's going to be ongoing. But I, I remember, I think he had to redo things like three or four times. He's like, I'm sorry. I thought we were done. We're not. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope, I feel like it has kind of chilled out since uh, 2022 has happened. But um, I guess we'll see. You never know. Laws are always changing. So. Yeah. Uh, is there any other, like one more tidbit you might tell, you know, the audience that they should be paying attention to or a trick or tip that you can think of? Oh, if I tap you out, that's totally fine. <laughs> no, no. I'm just trying to think of my best one here. <laughs> um, um, so I would, I would start, I would think about start thinking about how you're thinking about tax and deductions. Okay. So if you're like, Oh, you know, I can't write anything off. Let's start thinking about how can I make something deductible legally? Right. So if you're like, you have a car and you're like, Oh man, I wish I could write my car off. Okay. Well you can, if you start a business and use the car in your business, like having a business is kind of a, a gateway to being able to write some things off that you would use personally anyways. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would just start thinking about that. Like what in your life, you know, are you doing that? Maybe it is deductible or maybe it's not, but can, can we make it deductible? Is there a way to get it to be deductible? Um, That's one thing. And I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, like, so if I were, if I, if I were driving, uh, maybe I had a 4,000 mile road trip, like literally, and I was doing business. It, it was for pleasure, but I was doing business meetings at most of the stops. How could you, that, how could that be written off? I'm just trying to like, think of some creative ways that people uh-huh. might be able to, you know, use, use that, what they're doing to be a benefit or is it even yeah. a possibility? Yeah. So tra- travel, um, you can write off travel. So if you're, tra- if you're just traveling, you, you have to be able to write off the whole trip. You want to spend 50% or more doing business things. 
um, working, you can work in a, a hotel, whatever you can have your meetings, you can go meet people, whatever. Um, but you want to, I would say 50% or more on business. And I would also keep a Google calendar, like keep it in your calendar where you went and how long it was for, and maybe put in there what the purpose of the trip was, save your receipts. Um, you, and also if you are married or you have kids, um, you want to write their stuff off to get them in the business, whether they're an owner or a paid employee. And then they, their travel can count as well. Wow. That's, that's an awesome tip. Okay, cool. So I want to, I want to, I want to transition a little bit. Um, you know, you run a successful, I assume a, a successful business. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about business before we wrap up. Like, mm-hmm. what are some things that you do regularly to help you maintain a healthy business? What are some of the, the best things you've done for your business, you know, investing in yourself or your team or whatever the case is? Yeah. Um, hands down, definitely invested in learning. Um, you know, I, this is my first business. Um, I started from not even wanting to talk on the phone to anyone to I'll call anyone up now, you know, it doesn't matter. So I invested a lot in coaches to, to just really increase my skills all, all around, you know, as a person and as a business owner, Um, that's number one. Number two is really, um, getting some good people in to help you because you cannot do it alone at all. Um, and it's way more fun when you're doing it with people. Um, but finding the right person is so much more important than just finding a person. Um, so I have a small team and, uh, thank God I have them (laughs) couldn't do it without them. And it's worth, uh, you know, sometimes I wait six months to find uh, a good person and it's worth it. It's worth the wait. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. The right people instead mm-hmm. of just warm bodies, the right bodies is mm-hmm. very, very important. Um, Absolutely. are they all local to you or is this a remote team that you have? We are all remote, but most people live in most of the people live here in Arizona as well. Okay. Yeah. How yeah. do you keep with a remote team? How do you keep your, um, team operating as a team? What are some things mm-hmm. that you, you do to kind of keep your business in tip top across the... Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. So we have a daily like little huddle uh, meeting. Um, so everyone kind of gets on Zoom and we start with a, what's your win of the day? Uh, you know, yes. tell me something great, you know, and then we'll kind of get into what do you need and what do you need help with? Where are you stuck and stuff like that? Um, we have that. And then we also have Slack where, you know, if we need help, we have each other there. Um, but we're not shy to reach out if we need something. So that's pretty much just making sure that everyone knows that, Hey, we have open lines of communication. If you need anything, you can call me, you can Slack me, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of keeping those channels open and, um, making them feel comfortable to, to use them. So, okay. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think the communication and starting with wins, I mean, it's, it's super important. I know it's so used, but we do that with every meeting we do as well, which, yeah, you get to yeah. share part of your personal life. You get to share, share something that's good. Right. So uh-huh. yeah. yeah, it's fun. It, sometimes I'm like, Oh, it's been 15 minutes. I think we got to actually talk now guys. Yeah. So it's good. You know, just kind of depends on the day, but so yeah. I want to, I want to wrap up by allowing people the opportunity to get on your email list. I know it's so weird, but I, and I know that's part of the marketing and I understand that, 
And so if you're listening, you've gotten this far, I highly recommend it because, you know, Ashley just dropped some uh, probably about four or five tips that literally could save you, <laughs> depending on the size wow. of your business, tens of thousands in a, in a year. Yeah. And, and if sure. you're not doing that, if you're not proactively having like quarterly check-ins and, and those things that she talked about, like mm-hmm. you really need to get on her list. You probably need to make a phone call, but um, how can somebody get on your list? I don't even know how I got on yours, but how can they get yeah. on your list? <laughs> um, You can go to my website, moneymuscleco, so co.com. Um, and you can, there's actually a sign up bar at the bottom, I think. Okay. Um, sign up for our email list. I believe, I think it's somewhere on there. Um, you can also schedule a call from the website as well. If you're, if you want to learn more about, you know, what we have to offer and how we can help you. So, okay. Let me ask you a question that maybe somebody might have. I mean, you're obviously a CPA or CPA service. Do you also do bookkeeping? We have one of our offers where we do the books for you. It's included. Yes. Okay. Yep. Always have to ask that question because uh, it's a much needed thing. <laughs> it is very much needed thing. Awesome. Anything else that I left out that you want to share with the audience about, I mean, your, your, your service at all? Yeah. Um, one other thing, I actually have a Facebook group where I have honestly like tons of videos in there, like tons of training and value. And I talk about pretty much anything I can think of. I have probably done a video on it. And so it's free to join. Um, you can jump in there. Uh, if you look up on on Facebook, if you type in the search bar "tax secrets," it's a, a Facebook group, and it'll say "money muscle tax secrets" on there, and you can join that, and um, it's free and um, has tons of extra more content. So awesome! That's great, Ashley. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for being a guest on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody! Thanks for. Uh, tuning in to this episode and make sure if you are interested in finding out about Ashley and her, her services, you can go to the, the, her Facebook, you can go to her website, moneymuscleco.com. You can go to her Facebook group and search tax secrets. Money muscle is somewhere in there in the title, but uh, just plug in, just plug in and Hey, she's offering free stuff. So even if you're not switching, you'll eventually want to, but you, you might as well get some free value. Um, and if you like this podcast, do the thing, go, go subscribe, go give a thumbs up or five star or four star or whatever you feel necessary. But more importantly, uh, listen and these people who are coming on, spending their time, giving us time, giving us value, deserve your look. So do that for us and, uh, check them out. Have a great day. for listening to the stories that sell podcast if you appreciated the content on the show be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week